David Kendrick, Purple Heart veteran. Um, I, I am a paid volunteer through a program for uh, AmeriCorps Vista. I work in our NAMI Georgia State Office, and I am a community service outreach ambassador. So what inspired you to join the military? i tell you what, my story is different than most. Um, I'm from Rochester, New York, and I was having a really, really hard time getting along with my dad. <laughs> and uh, I loved, I loved football, but I didn't love school as much as I loved football. So I'm a huge Buffalo Bills fan, and I had this big dream of going to the University of Buffalo to play football, then getting drafted by the Buffalo Bills. And once I found out that wasn't going to happen, I thought to myself, okay, what can I do to leave Rochester? And uh, I was on the bus one day going home, and I saw the recruiting station on East Main Street in Rochester. I pulled the little cord on the bus. I walked into that recruiting station, and I said, I want to join the Army. And they asked me two questions. They said, uh, how old are you? And do you want to be in the act? Or you want to be active duty, or do you want to be in the National Guard? And I responded, whichever one will get me out of Rochester the fastest. <laughs> <laughs> and so active duty it was. And I was a wild kid, very very wild kid. And I told my recruiter, Sergeant Soto, I want to come back with a story to tell. And he said, Are you sure? As you know, we're in a war. I joined in 2005. He said, Hey man, we're in a war. And I said, I know, and I want to see what it's all about. So uh, I joined as a Calvary Scout, a 19 Delta. And it, even though I was injured, it was the best decision I ever made because it set me up for success for the rest of my life. Yeah, so I talked to a lot of veterans and they talk about the transition back to civilian life. Uh, what were some of the challenges you faced with the transition? Well, Rochester is the inner city, and nobody in my family had before me ever joined the military. So when I got back, nobody knew first what I did in the military as a Calvary Scout. Nobody really knew what I saw. Nobody knew anything about the military at all. So the hardest, the hardest part of the transition is not having anyone to talk to about what I did in the military. Then it came down to finding the resources that I needed. Um, I was disabled and I didn't know much about the civilian world because I spent the last five years in the military from 18 to 23 years old. I was in the military and everything is taken care of for you. Then I started feeling these changes, uh, not in my, not in my body, even though I came back injured, but in my, my mind, there was something going on up here that I, I couldn't really express. So the biggest, the biggest challenge was finding the help that I needed. And Rochester is a small town, so I would have to go to either Buffalo or Syracuse VA to get the help that I needed. And Buffalo is an hour away from Rochester and Syracuse is, a, is an hour and a half away from Rochester, from Rochester. So imagine you need help, but to get that help, you have to drive either an hour or an hour and a half away. That was my, my biggest challenge. So what gave you the courage to talk about mental health? i tell you what, my, my story when it comes to being a professional speaker is it's unique. 
I got the help that I needed from a great, great guy, General Robert Mixon, who me and my mother met when I was on active duty in the hospital. And he said, hey, I'm retiring and I'm going to be living in Rochester, New York. And if you guys ever need anything, please come. Don't be afraid to ask. So uh, the summer of 2010, horrible, worst time of my life. And I started reaching out to all these different news stations and Channel 13 in Rochester. Uh, I talked to a, uh, a reporter there and he's uh, talking about the program. And General Robert Mason got me enrolled in the Warrior Salute program. And they gave me a place to stay. They gave me um, a free apartment. And they gave me a job in the spice factory on Blossom Road in Rochester. And I started to become myself again, started to feel like myself again. Uh, I, I didn't know how to be David Kendrick. You see all these things behind me. I knew how to be Sergeant Kendrick. I knew how to be him. But I didn't know how to be myself without the military. And that's when I started to become myself in that program and um, things started to turn around for me. I know for me, uh, talking about uh, mental health, I have uh, bipolar disorder too, was, you know, scary just a few years ago. Uh, have you seen any changes in people being more open to talk about mental health? Yes. And uh, to answer your previous question, in the program, I started to talk in group therapy, just in group therapy. And the Warrior Salute program uh, within CBS is a uh, nonprofit. And there was this great program called, uh, well, organization called Source America. And they said, hey, uh, do you mind, would you mind sharing your story in front of an audience? And my first professional speech was in Washington, DC. I was 23 years old. And for me, it's, it's therapy for me to talk about what I go through. You never know who's going through the same thing that you're going through. And on the outside, you may look at me and think, oh, man, he has his life together. He's telling, other story, telling us this great story. But really, that's my therapy. And it opens up other people to tell their story because they see me on stage and they say, well, hey, if this guy can talk about what he went through, I can do the same thing. And it doesn't have to be on stage. It can just be in. You can be more open with your therapist and it can be in a smaller setting. It can be at a Toastmasters group. But talking is my therapy. And what I love about it is when I get off stage, other people say, man, I had no idea. And I'm going through the same thing or my family member is going through the same thing. And they ask me for my contact information. And uh, that's that's. That's worth more than any paycheck that I've gotten for speaking is a, is the healing that I can help other people do. Yeah. What I'm doing with just talking to people, that's part of my, my therapy. And the big thing is knowing people are going through similar things and, you know, they're still succeeding in life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And one thing that I'll say about mental health recovery it's a roller coaster. It's going to go up and it's going to go down. And I still have bad days. I have very, very bad days. But the great thing about my recovery is that I know my own triggers now and I know myself. So there was a point in time when I had to uh, down here in Georgia, 1013 is a mental health arrest. And uh, I had to tell my therapist I had to go to the hospital myself for a couple of days because I didn't feel safe. And I can't explain it. It's 
it's almost like being afraid of yourself because you don't know what you're going to do. And I told my doctor, I need to be put away right now. I can't go home because I don't know what I'm going to do to myself or to others. So can you tell me a little bit your about your work with uh, NAMI? Yes. So, and I believe I've been with NAMI for about two years now. And I used to be president of NAMI DeKalb. I live in DeKalb County down here in Georgia. And I graduated from a program at the United Way called the VIP program. And it teaches us how to be nonprofit board members. And uh, the lady over the program, I believe her name was Jewel. She said, hey, you, you're a veteran. You're interested in mental health. You should look at NAMI. And they had a position open for the VP, uh, vice president. And I uh, put, put in my application and I was accepted as vice president. And we're just doing some great, great things down here in Georgia. And then I heard about uh, this program, the Amer AmeriCorps Vista. And they had a, a spot open at our state office, which is also in DeKalb County. So I applied and they already know me from my work here in DeKalb County, uh, well, for not me DeKalb. So uh, due to conflict of interest, I couldn't be, because uh, I, uh, uh, I moved up to president of NAMI DeKalb, me and my co-president, Dave Saunders. But uh, I couldn't be president of NAMI DeKalb anymore because now I work for the state office. And now we're doing just great things in Georgia. Uh, I'm assigned Metro Atlanta, and I just go around the city and try to help uh, what's called our affiliates because we have different counties. I live in DeKalb, but we have Fulton, we have NAMI Northside, uh, we have uh, NAMI uh, Cobb. Uh, so I just go around to all of our, our different affiliates and help them build relationships with the community. So when you talk to people there and when you talk to people after doing speeches, what are some of the things they've said to you? A lot of uh, what touches my heart the most are our military moms, our parents, because they see their sons and their daughters come back from war and their children aren't the same. And they see it and they don't know what to say. And so we have a great program here at NAMI. It's called NAMI Homefront. And I'm an instructor. And uh, they say, hey, do you mind talking to my son? Or do you mind talking to my daughter? And what I love to do is overshare on stage. A lot of people will find it embarrassing, but it's those delicate details yeah. that the mothers, they pick up on right away. And they say, David, my son came back with this. And the great thing about having these conversations after I get done speaking, it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter your political affiliation. It doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter your race. People need help because mental health, it doesn't discriminate. It, it can impact everyone. So. It's my way of serving my country after serving in the military because I wasn't able to do a full 20 years. I, I was only able to do five. But having these conversations is how I still kind of um, fulfill my duty to the country. And as you've talked to people, how does that help your own healing process? It lets me know that 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 uh, healing is, it's, is universal. I've had people talk to me in different languages with a translator. 
and say, hey, we're going through the same thing here. What can you do to help me, help my family? And for me, it lets it lets me know I'm not the only one going through it. It does take a lot of courage to get on stage and spill the most intimate, some people call it embarrassing details of your life. But when you go through these things, your story is not even your own anymore. It's helping other people heal. So that's that's uh, that's how I help other people. And with that, what are some of the things that motivate you? Getting booked for another speech, having great interviews with someone like you who hear about my work. We just got done with NamiCon in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And when I tell you, as soon as I got off the plane, somebody yelled, David Kendrick. And I'm like, I'm not even, who is this? But it's hearing people say, I've heard you speak. I know your story. It's going on LinkedIn and seeing my work on somebody else's page and saying, that's me. <laughs> so it's the influence that I can have on other people. And it's not it's not your average influencer like doing TikToks or making silly dances. It's actually helping people and helping the country heal because we went through 20 years of war and some people come back physically broken. But th there's people like myself who come back and there's something not right up here. So that's what I love. That's what I love. And with social media, there is so much so. Uh good that can come out with it with people having open conversations nonprofits having a voice and all that and that's a big thing of getting that message out yes 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 uh, i'm not i'm not really really big on social media but uh i found that uh, linkedin is where i'm at now and if anybody's watching this you can find me on linkedin just google david kendrick a uh, mental health professional speaker but Finding those people who can really make a change, the CEOs of these uh, organizations that I'm meeting with now, that I'm having these conversations with, they want to bring me along because uh, I, I talk about these things that nobody else really talks about. Nobody else talks about. So social media is a very impactful tool when it comes to sharing my personal story. And um, obviously it got me in front of in front of you. And uh, yes. hopefully when Hopefully when people see this, they can uh, share this video, but I would I would advise anybody, everybody who's interested in mental health to like and subscribe to your great page because I did it as well. And there's a lot of healing that can go on on social media as well. Thank you for that. And that is a big thing of just talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Just getting up there and talking about it. And I love to talk. I can talk all day. And it's just... <laughs> With a with a simple click of a button, just a share button, you may help somebody else who may be con contemplating suicide. You never know. But what I would tell everybody, and the great thing about social media, whatever you're going through, type that into YouTube, and there may be a great story about that. And when you're when you're going through what you're going through mentally, you may think and you may feel, man, I'm the only one going through this. Yeah. I can guarantee you that you're not. And when you need the help, you need the help. And it doesn't matter what the other person looks like that's providing that help. And you can find that through social media. Where do you want to see your mission in the next few years? Well, uh, I am getting uh, invited to be a part of many, many organizations. 
We're doing great things down here in Georgia, um, right here in Atlanta, in the A-Town. And I want to do this thing nationally. I want to travel around and just advocate for veterans. Uh, I want to advocate for those mothers, because when it comes to veteran mental health, there is so much that our mothers go through. And to share my story about my great mom. Hi, mom, Miss Tammy. Uh, my mom saw me come back from the military injured. She, whew, hold on. She saw me uh, in the ICU after I tried suicide. And she had to bail me out of jail twice. And that's our and that's what mental health is to our mothers. So I want to go around and advocate for those mothers and even those mothers who didn't have their veteran come back home. So I want to just go around on a, on a national stage and advocate. I want to do what I'm doing in Georgia. I want to do it all around. The country. What are some of the things you've learned from your mom? <sighs> Patience, resiliency and how to handle what you're going through with grace. There are so many times that I wanted to cuss and yell and scream and get mad, but I'm 36 years old and I still represent my mom. And so I learned that uh, no matter where I go, uh, no matter where I go, I'm still my mom's son. And I want people to know how great of a job she did raising me. Yeah. So how can uh, people reach out to you? Well, I do have a website, uh, Um I'm kind of, I'm kind of famous. You know, the biggest flex that I ever had is uh, somebody didn't know who I was. And I said, well, you can just Google me. And so you can Google my name. Um, there is a uh, a very famous drummer named David Kendrick. I'm trying to be above him on the Google results. <laughs> People Google my name, but uh, yeah, you can Google me, and uh, it's, there's uh, multiple things that are going to come up. But uh, I'm also here at the NAMI Georgia State Office. But yeah, my website is www.dkendrickjr.com. Um, my business is called Lion Speaking Agency, and I named it Lion Speaking Agency because it really does take the heart of a lion to get on stage and tell your story and help other people heal.